Warning. The following show contains material that may not be suitable for children, Bible thumpers, or conservatives. Do not attempt to recreate any of the stories from the show as this may result in harm or anal tears. Viewer discretion is advised. My God, Jesus. Guys, what is up? Welcome back to another episode of the Gay Bible. I want to say something before I start this episode. I was at the gay beach in Seattle this past weekend, which is Madison Park Beach if you're not from here. The funny part about this beach in particular is that there is a gay side and a straight side where all the heterosexuals and their families attend while all the homos occupy the other side. It's a great system. I personally love it, not gonna lie. It takes the pressure out of looking at somebody that is balls-droppingly hot and asking, is he, you know, <laughs> T-Rex arms? <laughs> But when I was looking out at the sea of half-naked men with the Speedos that were honestly way too small to be fitting all that ass in, I really did begin to smile. Truthfully though, I had the biggest sincere smile on my fucking face. Now you're probably thinking, Jake, you need to try way harder to hide that boner of yours. Just kidding, just kidding. My friend at this point is like, oh my god, there's families here, Jake, put that away. Put that away. What are you doing? No, truthfully, I was I was thinking about how lucky and fortunate we all are to be living in a moment like this right now. Think about it. Can you imagine living in the 30s? Well, and just back then in general. Hell no. No, thanks. I'm gonna I'm gonna pass. I'm gonna pass. I'm gonna pass on that. Most likely, if this was the same situation, we would have been arrested, harassed, beaten the shit out of, etc. But many younger generational gays and, well, gays in general, forget about this. I mean, it's no shock. I don't think I've ever heard of any school teaching about gay history. Kind of have to go to college for that. But this was the first moment that I was able to look at a bunch of faggots that were overplaying Kim Petra saying, yes, queen, yes, while feeling the safest I've ever felt. Just truly take a moment to appreciate where we are right now, because I know I am. In saying this, though, we always do need to remember who we owe the biggest debt of gratitude towards, the older, generational gays that paved the way for us. We truly do owe them everything. When you see an older gay man, it doesn't matter if they're hitting on you at a bar or in a public space asking you to buy you a drink, even if you're not interested... What you always have to remember in the back of your mind is to be grateful and kind. Unless they're grabbing your ass and in that case you can slap a bitch. And take this as an opportunity to get to know these older generational gays. Trust me, they will fill you up like you've never been filled before. With their knowledge, that's what I meant. Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry, I heard the word older and I was already on all fours. You already know. 
Now, for what you guys have all been waiting for, let's get into this motherfucking episode. Let's get this going. If you're a new gay and just started using the dating apps such as Grindr, let me formally say I am so sorry for how people have been introducing themselves to you. I remember one of the first messages I got from a person which literally consisted of, are you a bottom or are you a top? What the fuck does that even mean? I didn't even know what that meant. I was like, huh? What did you call me? <laughs> Thank God it's the 21st century because when my educational system failed me, Google sure didn't. Thanks, sis. Really helping out these gay boys out here. In finding out what that meant, I was terrified. I, I, I didn't even know you could shove shit back up there. I was astonished. I was shocked. I was baffled. I was like, what the fuck? Fuck. Crazy shit. Crazy shit, man. But in being absolutely terrified, I said I was only a top and, well, thank God he was only a thirsty bottom because I would have panicked otherwise. But going on from that conversation, I was worried because how was I supposed to know what I liked? I mean, no amount of cucumbers or beef sticks is going to prepare you for the real thing. Trust me, it is a different vibe. In saying this, let's begin our first lessons about the mentality of the bottom and the top. Let's do this. Let's start with the bottoms. When first starting out, you're going to have the notion that your only job is to take it and grunt the pain. I remember when I was first starting off having sex, being in miserable pain, biting my pillow, and spelling the word yellow because of my bitch of a friend told me that it would make it less painful. Yeah, no. <laughs> to my friend out there, spelling the word yellow did not make it less painful. I don't know where you heard that from. You know who you are. You should be ashamed. You should be ashamed of yourself, <laughs> given misinformation out there. But going on from this, there is a major misconception that the bottom has the least amount of power during sex. Oh, honey, no. Oh, honey, no, no, no. That is no. Misinformation again. You have been wronged. You have been misinformed. You have been misled. You as the bottom have all of the fucking power. This dude that you're hooking up with is nothing more than a warm human dildo. That's all he is. If he's your boyfriend, well, same rules apply. Anyways, you are in control of what you want them to do to you, what position you want to be in. If you want them to take control, play rough, how fast, how long, unless his game is really weak and then in that situation it's not going to end well for the both of you. <laughs> You younger gays out there, when he is fucking you, it shouldn't be painful. And if it is, then you need to take your hand, your dominant hand, and place his dick in a position that is going to make it feel good to you. A great indication for knowing if you're not being a strong and independent bottom is when it gets to the point when you're biting your pillow like a piece of Walmart steak. The best word that I can give to all of you to use in these situations is stop. It's four letters, use them wisely. And not doing this and continuing with the mentality that you are just a bottom who has to grunt the pain, let me give you an insight to the long-term effects of this. And if you put yourself into too many of these situations, you will give up on experiencing one of the best sexual experiences of your life. And that is having the ability to come without touching yourself. Can I get an amen? Woo! Can I get an amen? Amen to that. Another insight, when you come across someone that says that they only top, 
which, by the way, is one of the biggest turnoffs I've ever heard in my entire life. That can give you a major indication that these people were the ones that had the mentality that they were just supposed to grunt the pain. In many ways, not having proper sex in many ways traumatized them into never wanting to bottom again, because that's what happens. In saying this, because you already know that I have the playbook for you, and you know the lessons that you were supposed to learn in this situation and the step-by-steps of handling these situations, let's start with step one. Have respect for yourself. You are not a bottom. You are not a top. You are a person with emotions, standards, and respect for yourself and love. Step two, though we are not always going to have sex with somebody that we love, you have to stand your ground in any situation because remember, you are in control. You get to control every aspect of this sexual encounter. If you want your partner to take control, be gentle, passionate, or slap you around like a piece of meat, then know that that's all up to you. You can send this notion to them as the bottom. Step three, baby. If you are in any kind of pain, even for a couple seconds, vocalize this to your partner. He will appreciate this. Unless he's a straight-up asshole, and in that case, get the fuck up, leave, but not before calling him a simp before you do. So step four, enjoy the ride. Literally. (laughs) Enjoy that ride, baby. Like a six- Flags roller coaster. So let's move on to the tops. Now get ready. All you tops thought I was about to skip your asses. Think again. Now let's get something straight. Well, the straightest thing you're ever going to get. Right off the bat, if you're someone that thinks that they know how to have sex because of all the pointless hours of porn you've watched, think again. Because you don't. You don't. Oh, God, baby, you don't. Porn is honestly so bad to base your sexual skills on because porn sets up an equation for all you guys to use. This equation, we're bringing it back to algebra, is mx plus b equals y. That means someone's hole plus your dick equals ramming it into them a thousand miles an hour until you come. Oh my god, please stop. Oh my god, stop this debauchery. Let me also say to all the tops out in the world, porn isn't real. Trust me, I've had sex with enough porn stars to know that porn is one of the most fakest things that you will ever watch. I hate to ruin your day, I hate to ruin your Sunday, but it it is fake. It's completely fake. And the reason I know this is because every time I have been in an encounter with one of these individuals in this type of industry, I always like to ask as many questions as possible because and me being completely honest with you, if it wasn't so stigmatized, I would 100% be in that industry. 100% not even a question. But when I ask questions like this, I ask them, what's it like? Is it fun? You know, etc. Trying to just, you know, curiosity killed the cat. Asking as many questions as I possibly can to really get an in-depth look at what it would be like to be an adult entertainer. And the response that I have received on repeat from every single one of those individuals is that if I were to walk on a set, I would never want to watch porn again because of how unreal and unappealing it is. Those 20 to 30 minute videos that you're so used to watching are usually around four to six hour long shoots. Yeah, fucking shocked. I would never have guessed that. And to give you a better in-depth look, The people that have been having sex are tired and usually not having a pleasant time. Because can you imagine getting fucked for six hours? Yeah, no thanks. There's only so much my bussy can take and and that's not it. That is not it. But in saying this, stop modeling how you should be having sex with someone just from porn. Listen how I emphasize the just from porn. 
Just make sure you got other options. You got other shit in the bag, okay? But to go back to, you know, top mentality, the words of wisdom that I will provide is listen to your bottom. Listen to their body language. If it looks like they're, you know, in pain, ease up. (laughs) Slow down. It's not a race. You'll be able to tell if somebody is genuinely enjoying themselves when they have a smile or a smirk on their face. That means you're hitting the prostate correctly and not just their intestine. Now, you're probably asking, okay, why don't they just ask me to stop or slow down? Well, in these situations, and for whatever reasons, your bottom might be wanting to impress you, or just trying to get it over with, or even worse, he might feel and or believe that that is how bottoming is supposed to feel. And I get it. In these hookup situations, it might be hard to have these open lines of communication, but that's why it is up to you, the top, to read their body language, look at their facial reactions, and check in from time to time and ask them, does this feel good? Are you in pain? Do you want some water? So in ending this conversation for this part, I want to specifically say to all the tops out in the world, just keep this strongly in mind next time that you are about to meet up with your trick from Grinder at 2 a.m. Okay, let's let's move on. But expanding this conversation into the next part of this episode, I want to further explain as to why this is all important. Because look, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm above it all because that would be a straight up lie. When I was first becoming sexually active, being mostly a top, full discretion... That was 100% how I was having sex when first starting off until the Lord herself saved me, she redeemed me, and she forgave me, period. (laughs) So let me put you in a situation of, you know, what was a very common situation for me. Situations for me would involve meeting up with someone on one of the apps, getting to their place, getting a glass of water, and then just hopping right into it and then leaving. Like 15, 20 minutes tops. The short-term benefit of this was obviously we were both getting off, obviously. Well, I was, but I think he was getting off. Yeah, he was getting off, maybe. Well, anyways, but the long-term effects of this was nothing short of regrettable. Kind of the situation where you both wish that you would have just stayed in and read a book. I don't know, done anything differently. And the reason I say it's regrettable, because when you run into these people again, which you will... You will. It's just inevitable that that's going to happen. But the thing about that, when you run into these people, they're not going to remember the sweet, kind-hearted, funny individual that showed up on their doorstep. They're just going to remember the 20-minute painful encounter with you that was awkward. It It was just a quickie. Like That's all they're going to remember of you. And the reason I'm saying this is because I'm not ashamed to say that I used to be shit in bed. Complete shit. Like, anybody I had sex with when I was literally just starting off, I'm sorry. (laughs) I was probably horrible. But honestly, when anybody is starting out, we are all going to be bad in bed. That's just what happens. That's very normal. You think after you lose your virginity once, you're going to pop off like Rocco Steele, Austin Wolf, or, or Cade Maddox? No. That is not realistic. Well, and neither are those people, in fact. But it's nothing to be ashamed of. It's just a learning curve. It's only from practicing that you get better. So never give up, kids. You've got this. Get your head in the game. You've got this. But this is kind of the information that I would have loved to know when I was first starting off, where it's like, you're not going to be a fucking Austin Wolf when you're just starting off. And that's okay. So never give up, kids. You've got a bright future in front of you. 
The reason, though, that I thought that this conversation was of any importance is wouldn't it be nice to run into an ex, fling, hookup, trick, whatever you want to call them, and it not fucking be awkward? Wouldn't that be... Can you imagine a world? Huh. Just think about it. A world where running into your ex fling is a good experience, an enjoyable one at that. Just think about that. I'm going to take you through a little a little story for this episode. So I remember specifically, I was at a Christmas party and all the gays and all their moms were there. And I especially remember running into three ex hookups and it immediately was just awkward and I didn't know why, but... But then it finally hit me. The reason meeting up with ex hookups is weird is because of the first initial meetup. You can't really expect to have a philosophical conversation with somebody after busting in them and then leaving, especially if it wasn't good. But I knew I wanted to end this because I was done with the awkward run-ins. Like we just shared what is supposed to be, you know, a beautiful, intimate moment that is sex And now in many ways, it's awkward and it's a regrettable experience. And I was done. I knew that there had to be a different option in these kind of situations. So in making this initial change, there was no more midnight hookups after talking on the apps for only five minutes. Truthfully, after every one of those encounters, I just felt dirty. Like no amount of bleach and hot water is going to clean that person's stank ass booty off my dick. And another key thing to live by in grinder world is nothing good happens past midnight. So in coming up with different alternatives of how to solve this issue, I instead would just plan hangouts where me and the dude would hang out for a couple hours with the intention of having sex towards the end. Like, you know, go get some food, go to the beach, a walk, coffee, it doesn't matter, just make sure you're not in the house. But the best thing about these situations is both of you guys know that you guys are going to have sex after. There's no there's no buildup, it's just you really get to take this time to actually enjoy the person, get to know them, and it takes so much pressure off of everything because you know that you're going to have sex at the very end. It's fun. And the best thing about this is there's no, oh my God, can I walk you back home or can I see you again? Ew, gross. No, it's just boom, boom, boom to the point. It's simple. It's straight to the point. It's intimate. It's fun. And it's an enjoyable experience. And 10 times out of 10, speaking from experience with when I made this change, it was amazing. The sex is better and the conversation is better. And after I started doing this, I can say wholeheartedly that I would genuinely love to run into any one of those individuals again. Genuinely. And the greatest thing, a lot of these situations, a lot of those type of hangouts that I did, I still keep in contact with the person. You know, we always slide up on each other's stories. And and that was the thing that was really nice. For once, I was actually happy to run into a hookup, which had happened. Like, after this, I did run into you know, people that I had these moments with, and I was genuinely excited to see them. Now, you're probably thinking, Jake, I'm horny. It's late. I need to feel another person. Tough shit. Just go jerk off. It's better in the short term and the long term. And honestly, start thinking about getting some friends with benefits, honestly. And that's going to be in another episode how to do that. So stay tuned. But to wrap this episode up, I want to remind all of you That becoming the best bottom or the top does not happen overnight. Fuck it. I'm still learning. This is just the advice that I'm able to give to you from the experiences that I've learned. But, I mean, I'm only 22. I'm still learning. You know, still striving. I'm versed, by the way. Anyways. um, (laughs) 
I'm sorry. I just, I had to include that in there, but it's all a learning process. So go easy on yourself. Guys, we are getting towards the very end of the show. So I want to end it on a good note with some valuable advice that I wish I would have known when I was younger. Let's be honest, the gay community as a whole is pretty small, meaning that every time you have sex with somebody, that is another Yelp review. So each and every time you are having sex with somebody, treat it like this person is about to leave a Yelp review for your restaurant, okay? Because I guarantee you this review will travel to all four corners of the gay land. It will. I want to let you guys in on something if you don't already know this. The things gays love more than lube and poppers is hearing who their friend has had sex with or is about to have sex with. I'll give you an example. Before I ever go hang out with somebody on a date, hook up, what have you, you bet your ass I'm checking for reviews. I'm asking friends. I'm asking family members. I'm just kidding. I'm not asking my Aunt Susie. No, no, no. Well, let's keep her out of this. And nine times out of 10, I will know somebody that has had an encounter with this individual. And you bet your ass I'm asking for the Yelp review. You know, questions like, what's he like? Is he kind? Is he good in bed? What's his dick size? Etc. The important, valuable questions, you know. And if my report comes back that he's an asshole, he's horrible in bed, he's disrespectful, you can bet your ass I'm still hanging out with him. Just kidding. Just kidding. No, truthfully. No, truthfully, I'm canceling like immediately. There comes a point in your life where you just don't have the time for that anymore. Like when I was younger, I mean, I still probably would have hung out with somebody like that. But as you get older, you just you don't have the patience for that anymore. You really just life is you kind of learn when you're older. I know I'm 22 years old and you're probably all thinking, what the fuck? (laughs) But even being 22, I have realized that time really does pass quickly, you know, and your time is very precious on this earth. You know, my time is precious. I don't have time, you know, to go meet up with a Brad who's a total dick, who has a frat boy mentality. That's just not where I'm at in my life. And, you know, that just happens with age. But in saying that, like when you're younger, it's a lot easier to have more patience for these assholes and let a lot of things pass. But you know, as you get older, you just don't have the patience anymore. You kind of evolve with the thought of quality over quantity. Guys, that's it. Thank you guys again so much for tuning into this episode. If you like this show, please leave us a review, a five-star rating, all the love, all the good vibes. Well, that's it. I hope you guys have an amazing week, and I love every single one of you little faggots out there. Bye, bitches! Bye, bitches!